Welcome to Chat Shit Get Sick. I'm your host, Danny Field. This is a podcast largely about chatting shit, very loosely about getting sick. Um, today, we've got my friend and stand-up comedian on, Tim Combley. We've had a chat about uh, his time starting up in stand-up. Hope you enjoy it. See, we met in um, we met in New Zealand uh, in Auckland. We were doing comedy together. Our first Distant memories, no. Our first ever gig, and I, I'm pretty sure it was our first ever gig, was when we was in Tabac on maybe yes. a Tuesday night. Was it Tabac? It was Tuesday, Tuesday night Tabac. Yeah. And someone heckled you, but it wasn't like heckling, heckling. It was more just just chatting through your set towards you. No, there was those two dudes there that were just like terrible, terrible people. I think that might have even been my first ever gig in New Zealand. And they were like horrible. Um, They were awful. But then there was like that fight outside. Yeah. Well, that was it. They got racist to a couple of the comedians and it was just like literal comedian on heckler fight outside. But like... There was, I don't know, like five or six comedians against two racist dudes, yeah, two racist they... hecklers. And it's like, obviously, there's going to be one winner. I remember I wasn't actually part of the physical altercation. I was at the bar ordering a drink and I hear this ruckus outside and I go outside and I just see like these dudes getting chased down the street by comedians. It was hilarious. I, th- I, I wish that happened at every gig. Um... Yeah, I remember because I remember your gig, your set. You went up, you done, you tried to start your set. Then he just sort of started, it was heckling, but he's also just chatting to you as well. Like it wasn't just, it wasn't like classic, you're a this, you're a that. He was just, it was, a, I don't know, it was the weirdest heckle I've seen. But then you pretty much couldn't finish your set up. The half ended, everyone went out for a smoke. And then they said something. I think it was to Keegan. Keegan Govin. It was to Keegan G. And like... I wouldn't want to get into a fight with Keegan, you know. He was a unit, and wasn't he? I like I would have fancied myself against either of those two, but the racists because they're like they were built quite similar to me, right? They weren't they weren't the biggest people in the world, but I wouldn't want to get into a fight with Keegan. Also, I wouldn't want to get into a fight with Josiah. And it pretty much ended where Keegan, um, I think Keegan got into a scuffle with one of them and then maybe like threw a punch and it then ended with them running up the road but then Josiah started chasing them up the road and then I thought because at this point it was just Josiah up there and not that I thought I'd be much help considering like Josiah's much bigger than me but I thought you know I'll give him I'll give him some help if they come back so I ran up with him but he pretty much scared him away and then we had to go in and do a second half of comedy That was my introduction to like New Zealand comedy. I was like, "Shit, is every gig like this?" It's a bit yeah. scary. Well, I, I def- and, like it really was quite unrepresentative of, of New Zealand like, Kiwi comedy crowds. Yeah, and New Zealand in general—they're extremely docile, very kind people. Yeah, like <laughs> I, re- I just remember specifically, like you went up, and I think we had a chat at some point, and. Like when you're out backpacking or like doing, I don't know, gap years or whatever, you sort of like gravitate towards people that are doing a similar thing. 
So you're like, oh, yeah, there's a sure. backpacker. So it was like, oh, there's a backpacker from England, um, like a comedian. I'll get to know him. Oh, you know what? I said hello, and then, you know what? I'll have a chat at a break, see like, see what the crack is. And then obviously everything kicked off, and then you can't really start a conversation. So, uh, how long are you in New Zealand for? What you... Do you know what I mean? It's not the, it's not the I right remember, setting. though, it's the first time I ever got recognised for my comedy, but I don't think it actually counts because it was like, that was on the tube. Anyway, whenever it was, like a couple of days later in, um, in work, I'm sat there at my desk, like typing away, and then someone comes up to me and they're like, oh, you're Tim, right? You, you do comedy, don't you? And I'm like, oh, shit, I'm being recognised. Oh, I'm a fan. It's like, yeah, who are you? And it's Becky, and she's like, yeah, I'm Danny Field's girlfriend. We met the other day. I'm like, oh, right, okay. Like, I, did, I don't know if this counts as, like, being recognised for comedy. but Being shouted know. out. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. literally no one since then has ever said to me, like, oh, you're Tim, you do comedy, don't you? Yeah. Well, just take it as a happened. compliment. You've obviously been working so hard and getting your head down that people... Like, there's not been enough time for people to recognise who you are. Maybe. Yeah. That, that's, that's how you should view it. It's how I would view it. I've not been recognised okay. for doing comedy. And so, rather than it being, I'm just not that good at it yet to be recognised, I'm going with, I'm so good that people just don't want to bother. Okay, yeah, yeah, cool, man. Whatever, whatever gets you through the day. Delusion is a powerful tool, do you know what I mean? <laughs> Oh. But um, yeah, like me and you met in, so we met in New Zealand. That was where I first started doing stand up. So that was like two years ago now, which is mm. uh, pretty depressing. Fuck. Not Time so much time. because I've been doing stand up for two years, but because I was in New Zealand two years ago and now I'm in lockdown in England, which isn't fun. But we done stand up together. You'd been going for about like a, a year or so at that point, maybe just under, just over. Yeah, it was probably, yeah, yeah, no, it would have been, yeah, about a year to 18 months, something like that. Yeah, so where did you start doing stand-up? Um, when I lived in Australia. Australia? Yeah, when I was in Sydney. He's in Sydney. Um, another yeah, another yeah, fun I fact for anyone listening, we lived about five metres away from each other in Sydney, but we hadn't met each other yet. Didn't know. It was only when we met in Australia that we realised we'd lived like, yeah. Shit, you're like one street across, weren't you? Literally on the other side. We was in a block of flats. She was in sort of the hotel complex. Mm. Yeah, that's mad. Yeah. But yeah, started off in Sydney, which, oh man, out of all the like scenes I've been involved in, I reckon Sydney's the best. Yeah. Yeah. Is I that a mix? Much... Do, you, do you think that's just mainly based on like the Sydney comedy scene or is it like a general feeling of Sydney? I think that, yeah, yeah, the two definitely go together. Yeah. If I could be living in a city and performing comedy, then I'd definitely choose Sydney. Yeah. Um, but no, the thing, like the London scene is really, really great um, in the way that obviously me and you are going to all the open mics and we're you, like, like, it's good in London because you're not on the same lineup as the same people that you've been doing it with for like three times this week that none of that made any sense that was a really badly worded sentence but as in <laughs> like you know you're in Auckland you're it's doing the third comedian. gig of the week 
Yeah. Your job is <laughs> to talk to people. I should be better than this, shouldn't yeah. I? Um, but yeah, you know, you're in Auckland, like third gig of the week on a Thursday night and, you know, you're performing with the same 10 people that you performed with on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Um, yeah. Sydney's a bit like that, but like not as bad. Whereas London is really good because it's a different lineup every night. There's just too many comedians and too many gigs um, to be on the same lineup. Yeah. You know what? Obviously, over time, it's different. But I sort of enjoyed how, like, you are right. It, there was a case of like, you'd almost be on a rotor on gigs. Like, you would pretty much get the same gig every two weeks right like if you wouldn't do it this week you'd do it the next and you'd generally be on like a rotor almost like and they wouldn't do it on purpose but it was just that was how many people were there they almost ended up you could be gigging a lot with the same people and like if you'd done a tuesday night to back with one group of people the two weeks later you could probably be doing it with them as well yeah yeah for sure not even just like two weeks later oh man I, i missed thursday nights in auckland it was the the, the, tr- the trilogy, the holy trinity of Auckland gigs where you'd be like, what was it called? Red Bar. Red Bar. And then like nip down to Ding Dong Lounge and like it would be the same comedians starting the night in Red Bar, then go to Ding Dong Lounge or what was Keegan's the other one gig. called? I can't Keegan's remember the name gig. of it, but um, you've done it Bungalow like... 8. Yes, um, Bungalow 8. That was sick because, like, yeah, maybe you'd do that early on in the night, see if you win the hundred bucks, then, like, don't win it, and then nip to Ding Dong Lounge for a late slot. Like, yeah, Thursday nights are always so much fun in Auckland. I love that. Yeah, I've, I, I'm going to be honest, I didn't realize there's not a timer on Zoom, and I don't know how long we've been going for, so I'm going to say 10 minutes. 10 minutes sound right? I think it's been about 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah. we'll go with 10. All right, at half eight. Wicked. Otherwise, we'll either go on for like 25 minutes and I'll be like, well, that's your hour. Or we'll go on for about three hours and go, well, that's your hour. Do you know what I mean? And you're the host, you choose. Yeah, I don't think anyone wants three hours of me, I'll be honest. But um, <laughs> yeah, Thursday nights in, Thursday nights in Auckland, they, I'm, I think out of any sort of night I've done in comedy, I missed that the most because... You do, you get to go, like you said, you get to go to Red Bar, like for anyone who's sort of not been there, it's pretty much an open mic to other comedians. It's not a bringer, there's normally like 10 comedians on, plus the, the MC. There might be one or two people that have turned up, plus the barman, but it was a very small gig and like you're, you're literally just running new material, like new material in its various form because... One thing I noticed is you could say a joke and what a comedian will find funny, the audience won't find funny. You know? Mm. It's like that. Sorry, I thought you froze there. I was just double checking. But uh, <laughs> it's, it's like that. Sometimes you might find it funny that how much a comedian will commit to a joke, even if it's not that great. So if you do it somewhere like Red Bar, people could start laughing because you're really committing to like, maybe a bad premise or you might say something that's well over the mark and like, I don't know, a comedian's moral line and like the audience's moral line are in different places. So you could come out of Red Bar at times thinking, oh yeah, that's fucking like, brilliant. I'm going to go and take that to somewhere else. You do it and then it's dead silence because actual audience members who aren't comedians, who aren't used to like going up and practicing like jokes and sets and routines are just thinking like, what the fuck are you doing? 
Red Bar was a weird gig. No, now I think of it, Red Bar was my first ever gig in um, in New Zealand. Yeah. And I remember it was really, no, no, it was really sick because it was one of like the few nights. I think, I can't remember who it was, but one of the comics that was on the same lineup had brought all their friends. So there was an actual audience, which, you know, a lot of the time you don't get in um, open mics that aren't in London. Um, yeah. yeah, there was an actual audience and yeah, it went really well. Um, and then you came back and it never went again. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the, yeah, the first time there. I mean, like, I've lost count of how many times I performed at that place. But yeah, I, that was definitely the first time was the best time. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I had any nights like that at Red Bar where there was a lot of audience. It was just, I learned pretty early on. Because what you do sometimes is you just do your set, your five minutes, and you can do it. So if it's just you and a group of comedians, you can, if you're new at it, you can just do your set to this group of comedians in the same way you're going to do it to the audience. But it just doesn't work because everyone knows you're trying to do your set. So you've got to try and be a bit like flexible about it to try and be more funny. So like you just mm. literally like Red Bar was the sort of place you go and you take a notebook up and you just like you've got loads of ideas and you just go through and see what gets a giggle and then you'd work on it. Yeah, shit, man. Like I miss those days. Now we're talking about it and reminiscing. Like Red Bar was sick. What I'd give to turn up there and do my five minutes. And watch then everyone else. Then you get to walk off down to Bungalow Eight, do your five there, and then you get to go to Ding Dong where they start a little. Or bit of later. course, get the lime scooter. The lime scooter. I remember a couple of times I'd go from I'd go from Red Bar and get the limey down to Ding Dong, and you'd just be like fucking hell life is good right now you're like speeding along dodging people on the pavement and just being like in between two different comedy gigs yeah like, yeah this is fucking living for anyone who doesn't know what the lime scooters are they're essentially just like a load of e-scooters that were um that went out with like the public transport in auckland and you could just get your mobile phone out click on an app and you could just rent the scooter and just drive wherever you wanted but um i nearly got run over that. on one of those Oh, really? Yeah, They're coming I'll, to England, you know? Oh, uh, mate, if they come into London, that'd be chaos. Oh, but like the best chaos. kind of chaos. I remember being at no. work once and I was just staring out the window and I saw this girl just stack it on one of them. And on a human level, you kind of feel really sorry for her as an individual. But <laughs> then just you, like someone falling off a scooter is inherently funny. It's the kind of thing I wish I could just organically bring that out of my, like, you know, sack of jokes that I spend months and months working on. I wish I could just, like, bring that level of humour out organically. Seeing someone stack it on a lime scooter is just hilarious. I just want to say, if you're going to ever refer to where you store your jokes, calling it the sack of jokes is probably how you're going to get a little Me Too movement against you. Really? My yeah. sack of jokes. Do you want to see my sack of jokes? I wouldn't, I wouldn't, go, I wouldn't go with that one. But if someone has a complaint about that, then I, but, I don't know. I'll let you off. I'll let you off. But, they can um, bring it up with me if they want. But yeah, so... I mean, Thursday nights in Auckland were quality just because you could do two, three gigs in a night and you'd sort of start at like eight o'clock and you could finish by 11, which wasn't too bad. And if you lived in Auckland, you could walk home. Um, there are other gigs in Auckland as well. So like 
the biggest one was the Monday Night Raw at the Classic. Mm. I miss the Classic. Like, I would say if, obviously I'm not from New Zealand and I don't, I've not been to the Classic in, well, two years now, or a year and a half, whatever. But I'm not from New Zealand, I've not been there in ages, like blah, 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 blah. But it's because it's the first place I've done stand-up and the first six or seven months of like my comedy sort of career as it was, um, was in New Zealand and a lot of it revolved around the classic. I sort of view that as like my, my home club. Yeah, I hear that. I know, I guess like I haven't had the same experience. Well, you've you, done no, no, here, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, because of like I did what the first like eight months of comedy was in Sydney, and then the next year or so was in uh, New Zealand, split between Auckland and Wellington, and then coming back to London, where there isn't like so much of a home like central club that the whole no. scene gravitates around. I haven't really got that myself. But no, it, it's funny you say like for ages I felt like way more part of the Sydney scene. And even when I was living in New Zealand and like Sydney was behind me, I felt way more part of like the Australian scene than I did. Like, I felt like I was part. I was the Aussie scene coming over to New Zealand. If that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. No, I get that. I get that. I, I did. So what are you bit. saying? You felt like part of like a New Zealand, even though like nationally you're not from new yeah. zealand but you felt like a kiwi comic sort yeah, of being 100%. in london yeah yeah I, I i completely relate to that man I, it's the way i, I learned I how to do well. stand up in in new zealand i learned it mm. sort of from a new zealand perspective and like there were some crazy things where because it's so small you can see like some really good comedians for absolutely nothing if you play your cards right like we didn't have a television so we wasn't watching what was on telly. But we'd go to Revelry, which was Brendan Lovegrove's gig. Brendan in himself is a quality comedian. But then also you would get Ben Hurley turn up on a night, one, like once he's done at the Classic. Yeah, yeah, no, no, you're right, you're right. Um, and fuck, like, Ursula Coulson did a gig at um, Revelry, like, dropped in for a spot. And she's just, like, been done her Netflix special, yeah. for God's sake. yeah. So there is, and you got that in Australia as well. Like my favourite comedian of all time is Sam Campbell. He's just so insanely funny, and you'll be there like twenty people deep on an open mic night waiting for your spot, and then Sam Campbell would walk in, and you'd be like, "Fuck, I'm on the same lineup as my idol is incredible." But yeah. you don't get that so much in London. What made you want to get in a comedy? What made you want to get in a stand-up? I can't even remember now. It's a really good question. You know what it was? I always watched comedians in this kind of... Um, like, they were different to me. They knew something I didn't, and they had uh, almost God-given skill that they because... Fight. Well, yeah, yeah, which I, I, I rarely experience being funny, but um, they, they had something that was impossible for anyone else to kind of like, you know, Harry Potter, when you're 11, you get given like an owl comes through your window 
and um, you get this letter and you know then you're a wizard and if that doesn't happen to you then you'll never be a wizard it's not something that could be learned I always yeah. had that image of comedians that's what I thought comedians were like first joke I ever wrote I I'd read I think what, did I read an article basically I read I think I read an article and two people had been prosecuted at a Paloma Faith gig one of them had performed oral sex on the other one in the crowd and they were caught and like yeah done for indecent exposure I remember reading this article and then I thought in my head oh god like it's in the media that must be embarrassing like all your friends and family reading about this and finding out that you'd been to a Paloma Faith gig. And like, I was like, shit, shit, shit. I'm That's something comedian would say. That I've, I've done the old like switcheroo. I've led them down a path and brought them somewhere else. Like the, oh, that is classic, typical comedy. Like if I've done that once, maybe I can do it again and again. And I wrote a load of stuff and I like, I wrote it down like all on word. I sent it to a friend of mine that was already in comedy shout out phil Lindsay. um i was like mate i'm thinking of doing comedy as well what do you reckon and he just messaged he, he read it all and critiqued me um and very politely said a shit. lot of this is really shit <laughs> yeah <laughs> and but no no it was such a good lesson in comedy because he gave me the basics he basically like gave me this is what you need to do this is the rapport you need to build um you need to get the crowd on side basically everything you're saying is not going to get the crowd on side um and then i rewrote it again and like did something completely different sent it to him and he just messaged back he was like tim to be honest i didn't read it the the one lesson you need to know in comedy is to know whether or not it works you got to do it on stage so whatever I say to you doesn't actually mean anything. All you need to do is get up on stage and do it. And then it was months. Like that was back when I was still living like back home in England. And then I'd kind of forgotten about it. Then I went to Australia, which was kind of a um, like new, new leaf in the book, new sort of try new things kind of time in my life so I was just like yeah now is the time to start comedy and I did it and yeah first gig went well so I carried on doing it yeah so what was your where was your first gig in Sydney what was the club called or the night called it was Crown Comedy at the Lewisham Hotel on the Parramatta Road in Lewisham yeah West Sydney Lewisham, Parramatta. do you know what I love how you can go to Sydney and and um, there's places called like Lewisham yeah, Lewisham, Liverpool, Peckham. And, and like, especially with Lewisham and Peckham, obviously they got their names because of colonialism and et cetera, et cetera. But the fact that you can go to somewhere called Lewisham and Peckham and it's not, yeah, it's, it's, not, not, a, it's not an experience <laughs> that, that you'd want to forget. Yeah, although like Lewisham in Western Sydney is marginally safer than Lewisham in... But saying that, like, fuck, it's getting gentrified now like lewisham in london's or yoga like, it's the wine drinkers i should move there coming out from the shires i i mean i would have lived in lewisham but then um 
my girlfriend got pregnant and we can't afford two bed houses in Lewisham, but we can in Hornchurch. So Blame it on your that's where we've gone. Um, but no, no, I've like, I've, um, yeah, yeah. So like what you were saying earlier about the classic, how you've obviously got that sentimental connection with it. I like obviously massively have that with um, the Crown Comedy in Sydney. And it was really cool because like I gigged there a lot when I lived in Sydney and then obviously I moved to New Zealand and then I came back to Sydney just for a holiday and I was passing through um, and I messaged them. I was like, oh, I'm back here. Like, can I get a spot? And I got the MC spot, which was cool. But then I looked at the calendar and it was like, shit, to the week, bang on two years since I started comedy there. So like when I went back and did the MC spot, it was really cool. It was like, it felt really special to have started my comedy career there. And then two years later, um, go and do the MC spot. I said that to them. I said that to us, like any new, like open micers who have only just started comedy, like in two years, work hard, carry on. And you could, literally be back here doing the exact same gig in two years time bro i got a <laughs> motivation lot. mate Actually, motivation. Yeah. <laughs> well, have you um what's the best heckle you've had you had many because you don't really get a lot of people on mic level like i think that's a misconception people think like you know what do you do when someone tries to heckle you or blah 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 but generally open mics are either filled with people that want to go on that night so they're not going to heckle you or their friends who are there to support them so they're not going to heckle you i remember once i wasn't really heckle this might sound like a humble brag actually it was back at tabac um and there was you know like the setup you're in the corner and there's the bar sort of there and like there was this really drunk woman um like right at the front of the corner of the bar and like i did i did one of my lines and just like there was a bit of a laugh and then just her at the front like really loudly just like no laughter but she was just like really drunk she i remember she was like that was fucking hilarious and like cool can i get an actual laugh from that <laughs> that was yeah, yeah that was a very like veiled humble brag there wasn't it yeah it was it was not a heck at all you literally just said someone found you very funny actually you know what the best heckle I got was at the gong show it was the first gong show i did at the comedy store and there was these dudes behind like where i was sitting there was these dudes behind us just like all night heckle 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 um like every act that came on i was just like this is gonna be a disaster i get on i hadn't even said anything into the mic and i just hear fuck off and like that was the point that the MC who happened to be um, Jared Christmas from Christchurch in New really? Zealand, but this was in London. Yeah, 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 that was the one. That was his breaking point. And he was, and like I hadn't even said anything at this point. And then he's just, then you just hear him on the side of the stage like, why don't you fuck off, mate? And then like it was basically my first minute of my gong show was Jared Christmas from the stage chucking these hecklers out and i'm just stood there i've got the video of it it's quite funny and i'm just stood there just like what the hell do i do <laughs> and that's but yeah that's probably my best heckle i got heckled at the gong show pretty much or i say that as if people don't get heckled at a gong show 
everyone who goes on to the gong show gets heckled. <laughs> but I went like, it's the whole point of the gong show. For anyone who's not been, it's literally like 50, 60, 70 comedians on one night. You go up, you're, you've got to make it to five minutes. If you can do five minutes material and stay on, you sort of make it into a final and maybe you win the night. But what happens is the audience are given three cards and if all three of those cards come up, you're off. But because there's so many people there, uh, they're like encouraged just to just be loud, shout, fucking like have a go at you, blah, blah, blah. Like they're sort of meant to give you a bit of, like you can't take the piss, but at the same time, like if they, if they want you off, they're allowed to get you off. And I went up. So my whole bit is about like having testicular cancer, da da da, having one testicle. And I said to the audience, like, oh, you know, it means I only got one testicle. I've had cancer, I've only got one testicle. And someone just shouted out from like the distance, oh, bollocks. And the whole crowd erupted. And in my head, because I'd never been heckled before, I'm thinking, all right, I've got to try and like, I should have just ignored it and carried on and I would have been fine. But because I tried to respond and I said something like, oh, yeah, you know, that's what the doctor said. It didn't even make sense. I don't know why I brought the doctor up. I then got cars. Oh, come God, up. That's, that's a good comeback. I, that's good. I like that. Yeah, well, oh, maybe it does make sense. But that night, no one was taking it. Three cards went up and I was off. 26 seconds. Oh, yeah, shit. And it was Gong like shows are of... brutal, but they're the most honest way of doing comedy, I think. And I told you in the last time we tried to film this, <laughs> that was the first gig. Yeah, we're I going back into well-trodden territory now, aren't we? Well, only, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, she, I took my mum to that gig and uh, I think she was probably, like she knew the, the concepts of it, but probably in her head thought, hey, you know, I'll see a bit of his comedy. I literally done my opening line, a bit over it, and then I was off. She come down to her fucking, uh, the comedy store in central London just to see 26 seconds of my comedy. Man, brutal. Okay, that's the end of part one with Tim Combley. Uh, if you enjoyed that, please give part two a download and listen where we'll speak to Tim more about his time in stand-up comedy. Uh, if you're enjoying the podcast, then please subscribe and leave a good review as well. Cheers.